<laughs> Already chokes three for a dollar. Always remember. The Mod State Podcast. When we actually now, started recording us. We have officially started recording. Well, that's encouraging. You know, um, I had a uh, a call or uh, um, an eighth grade uh, basketball coach because there's nothing more fun than probably coaching like middle schoolers on sports. But his big thing when we miss layups was three for a buck. So he missed one, missed two, missed three, three for a buck. You hear him yelling from the bench. Well, sometimes that's just the case with podcasting. It gets yeah. I mean. You know, signals we, drop unsure for starting restart a couple we, times but we, i know we don't typically edit anything but we've been known no. to like kind of restart if there's like a huge blunder at the beginning but we're, we're pretty forthright we try and be as as transparent as possible you think about it we've really been doing this since 2011 and if you want to get technical and we started out in a locker room now there was no horseplay involved for any of you that might happen to be penn state fans such as myself oh yeah there were no showers either. There, there were many hungover mornings, likely. Yes. Uh, a lot of yes. chewing tobacco consumed, and in, and in some cases, actually consumed and thrown yeah. out. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I think. You, when then you remember the day uh, our comrade, not not literally a comrade, folks. I forgot about the incantation of that word now. But <laughs> he uh, he decided to drink Mio straight, the caffeine stuff, and it warns you not to do that. You're supposed to put it in water. You remember the little tubes we would get? Little... Oh, yeah. And he did the caffeine straight and felt like he was about to have a heart attack. And I'm going, well, they, they say they encourage you to, to not do that. Not. Exactly. Exactly. But they, they discourage it for a reason. <sighs> yeah, those were, those were the days indeed. Ugh. Well, <clears throat> you know, I think we got a good, good show tonight. I will say, um, as I had said in uh, – a podcast prior I said we, we are making some some roads towards YouTube and not necessarily just YouTube in terms of hey we're going to present uh the the podcast on YouTube but but really like actual extra um material and I felt like tonight um we had some precast and and it I don't say it got lively because it wasn't that we were necessarily debating one another but well we always do that and we do and it, it was it was good it was one of those moments where I, I thought maybe it would have been great to have that recorded but <clears throat> um sort of the the making of these shows uh you know there's a lot of behind the scenes discussions and 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 hopefully we'll have that concise for tonight but i do think we've got a good show tonight uh and why don't we just get started on that well so, i, I, I oh, will point out you'll point out that i'll point out that wherever DC, you'll point out that wherever you're listening to the monster yeah, podcast we, we appreciate you tuning in I do want to put over that out. To modstate.com. for more op-ed and opinion, opinion pieces. pieces. Yeah. It's the first time we've done that together. Yeah, it, it is. We'll get it down, folks. Like, we, we couldn't ever quite figure out how the outro came about, like, why Au revoir became a thing. We need to go back and listen, but I, we're slowly but surely getting our tropes right, and hopefully you like them because we that, like them. That's a good question, where the where that came from. It, you asked me that one time, like how that started. I said, I don't know. It just feels like we've been, I've been saying it forever to close this out. But I, get, I started, I, started I, I was thinking about this when I was texting my, my cousin today. We were talking about DC and I called DC Babylon and I said, you know what's funny, Aunt Sue? I said, I have never had anybody question in any way, shape or form that nickname. Even people 
from there. They work for the federal government. Nobody's ever been like, Babylon, why would you say that? It's interesting you'd call it Babylon. I mean, Babylon, obviously. I love D.C. Biblical, all that stuff. And yeah, there's, but it, it's interesting. Well, I wasn't going in like a Judeo-Christian direction with that. Well, but, well, I mean. Like, I guess by bringing I mean, this you, up. You, you could, but I mean, from, from a historical perspective, like where Babylon comes from, I mean, when you look at like, Samaria, the Assyrians, like they, they, paint, they, they paint Babylon as, as such an awful player, but in some no, cases, it was a metropolis. in some cases, this, the ruling parties at the time or the ruling countries at the time, like Assyria were a hundred times worse than Babylon. And yeah, I think so Babylon just, Babylon just yeah, sort of associated of Assyria. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it gets associated. Anyway. Um, well, now the greatest name, the Hittites, by the way, they, I kid you not, they were rivals, seafaring rivals of the Egyptians. Um, but they had a leader who fought against Ramses, who was called, his name was, I kid you not, I wouldn't lie to you, not about this. His name was Sepalaliuma II. Sepalaliuma II. It sounds kind of like a football chant, doesn't it? Sepalaliuma says, boom, bye. Well, I mean, at, sometimes when I listen to the, or when I watch the premier games, a lot of those chants could easily be that anyway, because. And you think about the Hittites when you do? The Philistines, rather. You know, interesting fact about the Bible and verification of history, by the way, true story. Um, it was commonly believed that the Hittites were not necessarily a myth, but their existence was unverified. The only reference that for at least until you were, I was in high school, you would have been 12, 13 ish. Um, but actually, there was proof on Earth, finally. Uh, archaeological proof that the Hittites did in fact exist. So it's more recently. Mm. I actually never thought that they didn't or did exist. So, I mean, well, you know what? I, I'll just go exploit deleted myself and mm -hmm. we can. Continue. So <clears throat> I was thinking of like a cool old name. I think you, I can't even pronounce the, the name that you just said, but I, I was thinking, I think of one like Asher Bonapal or something like that or something. I like it. Something biblical, like, um, Meshach. Uh, what are what are those guys' names? Shadrach and Abednego. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, a bed we go. <clears throat> no. Oh. Hey, uh, you know it, it's true. The the Song of Solomon's literary porn. There's some racy stuff in the Bible, dude. There's oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's the lots of poetic, weird translations into English, but yeah, you know whatever floats your boat. Lots of lots of sex and violence and booze. It's a good read. It's a good read. But all right, what are we talking about tonight? With that, I mean, we we had thought about yeah, that. Tells you that we decided to just talk about the Bible and not midterms or anything well, like that. I mean, I guess the Bible, in some cases, the way we're going, will be talked about. Hey, you know midterms. what? I tell you what, you ain't got a dog, and beer, and some girls in a truck in Mississippi. You ain't shit. Well, can't. Can of Copenhagen and no, church, yeah. church, church on a Sunday morning. Oh, it's a country song, man. We're writing a country song right now. Yeah, uh, let's uh, yeah, David Allen <laughs> Coe or something else. An award winner. Woo! Uh, well, hey, let's start with you actually have our outline. Um, I do. So, as usual, we'll talk about some topics and then we'll segue into the, to the main That's piece the here. But, uh, I was going to talk about Neptune as like this bizarre piece, but it was mm -hmm. actually, it was actually kind of boring and uh, I actually couldn't find the, the, the piece again. Um, oh, right. Yeah. The, yeah. But 
But yeah. hey, their topic is still rad. I mean, well, let me see if I could find it real quick. I don't really know what the implications are because whenever you read anything uh, about outer space, I mean, it, it fascinates me. I, 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 my early adulthood, I really picked up like Carl Sagan and all that stuff and tried to explain how planets look a certain way. And, and that means there's, this is happening on the planet. Uh, like looking at Venus through a telescope, you can tell based on the colors of the certain like gaseous mm-hmm. interactions going on. And apparently, mm-hmm. Nep- apparently Neptune uh, is in its like summer orbit, which apparently takes decades because it's so far out. <clears throat> um, and it's like doing the opposite of what they expected or, it, or the way that the, the temperature um, is on the surface, the way it's emitting certain colors is actually um, the temperature, whether it's getting hot or cold, is actually accelerating at a far rapid, more rapid pace than they thought it would, would normally do. And so I thought that was interesting. But <clears throat> actually, there's a cool story that came out. There was a, um, uh, uh, a back in, I think it was like 2014, there uh, was a study. For the end of the wars. Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, a study going out of Harvard on a... Uh, a projectile, a meteor that landed on earth. And they, the way that it landed, uh, they actually couldn't confirm. Apparently a lot of that data is stored within the military. The U S military apparently tracks this stuff and they were trying to confirm or their suspicion was that the, uh, object actually was from outside our solar system, which apparently is a huge deal. I guess, again, this is my important object from outside of the solar system to actually make it and strike a planet because normally, so they did all this math. This is what the universe is kind of big is why that's kind of anomalous. I'm sure. Yeah. The universe is definitely huge. It's rather large. The solar system itself though, um, the, the way that you like have asteroids, asteroids and meteors that hit the earth today, they actually, are in a specific orbit around the sun. And so they actually can calculate um, based on the angle and the speed of where it came from. And this specific incident that they were researching uh, did not, uh, it it didn't fit that mold. And so they theorized that it actually was intrastellar, meaning it was outside of the solar system. Right. And the, the, the DOD uh, when they went to go kind of request this extra information, I guess that the DOD they should have shot it, blown it up. Um, they, uh, and it, so this specific meteor landed outside on the like coast of Papua New Guinea. Uh, and we'll turn. So this guy does this research. They do this theory. He gets his doctorate or whatever the deal was. And um, several years later, the DOD actually released the information confirming the fact um, <clears throat> sort of like the missing link to the equation to like confirm uh, that this truly was um, it, uh, from outside of our solar system. And, and he actually got the information to, like just recently. And so he had completely kind of forgot about that project and then got this right. information confirming it. And all of a sudden it was like the first um, confirmed um, meteor that landed outside of um, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. I was like that. I kind of nerd out on that stuff. So I'll take that as our bizarre. Um, hey, we have to look from without this planet in order to find uh, something that doesn't involve, you know, killing people or scandal or something. Yeah, I guess it's even then there's 
I, I love the mystery about it. I love the purity about it. What does it mean? Who knows? I guess the guy was actually going to, uh, uh, apparently there's like a huge uh, society or group of people that really like um, finding rocks from, from the solar system, which I guess is kind of cool. But uh, he wanted to yeah, set up. He wanted they're to not doing up, any harm. No, not at all. Um, he wanted to set up a, an expedition out off the coast of Papua New Guinea to actually go find no, this thing. No, no, no. And he realized that the scope of that project would just be insane. But I imagine there's going to be someone out there that's trying to put together. Hey, look, the thing is, if Elon Musk can just casually use his Tesla shares as collateral for a loan to acquire Twitter for forty-three oh billion, God, how do you make this leap? There is going to be someone out there that's going to fund. Look, Ben. Oak Island. What was that? Oak Island has been a show for like what twelve seasons. Someone is going to fund now that they actually know that it's it's from outside the solar system. That's a that's a big deal. Like even intra solar system or intra planetary. I don't know. I'm butchering this. Uh, no, but that was. I gotta say that was that's a hell of a case of whiplash you gave me. That was that was stunning. That was jarring. Do you like that transition? Like I'm telling you, dude. We've been I, doing this I so do. long. My transitions. No, uh, it was it was beautiful because the the South African mogul isn't, or is he Canadian? Canadian South African? Oh no, he's South African. Because okay, well either way, he is at the fore of this, and and of course everywhere he goes, there is speculation. Uh, why you would join the board of Twitter and leave it in the same day? That, that's odd behavior. But is it odd? Because the guy's odd. Well, yeah, it's I mean, not odd for him, I suppose. Right. I mean. We're, t- we're talking about a guy that, I mean, when, you, when, when you're that rich, right? When you're like hundred billion dollars. Possibly the rich, world's first trillionaire is what's being speculated. I mean, as, as far as it goes, I mean, look, we've got, uh, we've got a, a number of trillion dollar companies. I mean, as, as Microsoft, th- Apple, Amazon, who else? Um, Tesla. <laughs> no, but te- Tesla is not a, a trillion dollar company. I mean, I Apple- it was. Is is no no no? I don't think the market cap for Tesla is that much. Well, but, no, I mean like the valuation. I think is what they were talking about. Either way, but it's it's worth but, more than Mod State right now. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but it's if, just right. I said right now. <laughs> I, I will say that if there's trillion dollar companies that are, if there's valuation of trillion dollars, but I mean again, shares alone determine. I mean, kind of the value of the company. Um. Uh, I was going to say. Let's see. Today, well, Tesla closed at nine eighty five, but but remember, I mean, to your point, uh, it isn't crazy. I mean, he's he's had more um, actually scandalous things because I don't think actually trying to take over Twitter, a hostile takeover of Twitter, it's not illegal. It's not illegal, and there's, I mean, the SEC would have, have to vet it, but um, <clears throat> I think it was back. What do you think his motivations are? I mean, I know he's a free speech totalist. He's a huge, huge, huge First Amendment person. In spite of his foreign handicap, it's a good. So what? Yeah, it's a good question. I think you know, there's a, there's a number of things. It could does just, he uh, does he remove the ban on former President Trump? Um, or get it removed? Well, I I don't think it starts there, right? I think. No, I'm just asking. Like on that, do you think he does long term? Uh, I say he does. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I guess it would just have to. If he stays involved with Twitter, that is. Yeah, I he's would, very ADD apparently. I, I would say that I think um, if he did, it wouldn't be because he wants to unblock Trump. I think it would be like a technicality under a policy thing that. Well, they he's put a forward. very big free speech person. 
Yeah, I think I mean, Louis Farrakhan got his ban removed. I don't know if it's so much. I mean, yeah, so free speech is definitely a motivator there, but I also just wonder if it's more just because he can. Poke the right? bear. I mean, obviously, there's there's some there's interesting talk about it, right? Where it's like, look, how, um, why wouldn't Twitter be like completely enamored by this? I mean, look at Elon Musk. Pretty much everything he touches is gold. SpaceX. Yeah, but he also he also is like going to be throwing a stick of dynamite in a dumpster fire in the sense that he attracts controversy. Sometimes exactly. I think lose so, it. So like, and they're unstable as it is. Exactly. So to the point of um, like the last thing that happened, like the scandal was uh, how he uh, tweeted that he think he thought I think the shares were around like four hundred fifty per per share for Tesla, and he just like floated the idea over Twitter that he was going to take Tesla private. And then the SEC, yeah, and the SEC actually was like, "Yo, you can't do that. Like, that's that's fraud." Actually, well, you can't take a company private. Well, you can't. I mean, you can take a you can take a public company private, but you can't just like if you're the CEO, you can't just like or the you can't just like blast off that I'm going to take it private. There there are like implications to that because you could, in a way, manipulate the share price to your benefit by doing something like that. So it's, it's actually, and, and well, I mean, it could, it could go up. It could make it worse for you as well, though. I'm not sure why you would do it, that. It could, but it, like for someone like him, it's not because it's a cult following, right? Like he, well, here's the thing. Here's the question. It's just me objectively. I'm not, I'm kind of neutral on him. I have no dog in this regardless, but it not it kind of a gamble though, because him, him leaving something, washing his hands of it sounds to me like maybe it could be viewed as jumping ship. Yeah. I mean, obviously this was a number of years ago and we can right, see it was right now ago, Te- Tesla's. No, I'm just asking you. Yeah. I, I think, <clears throat> I think the, the further along Elon Musk comes, right? So he's got, um, he's got SpaceX, which is now literally being contracted out by governments to be able to take people to space and take equipment to space. Uh, that's, 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 that's private. Um, and, and, and I don't know that there's any motivation to make that public. I don't, I don't, are know. you going to space? Um, I, you, you know, if I get a free ride, I would go to space. Why not? I mean like 20 years from now when it's, you know, 5,000 bucks a ticket. Oh, um, I don't know. At that point, I, I kind of wonder if like, it's like waiting to get my knee surgery. It's like, look, I could have done this, uh, 10 years ago, but you know, there's going to be something that comes along right. in 15 years where they just inject something and everything's good to go. And I'll be like, damn, I really wish I had done that. Right. So it's kind of like, well, you know what? There's been a couple rounds of SpaceX. I mean, a couple of guys, I mean, he's doing it. Uh, well, he's not really doing the tourism. Well, thing. Bronson's they, doing it. Yeah. Like Bronson. Bronson, Virgin. yeah, Bronson and, and Bezos are doing it, but yeah, it seems like Bill Gates is about the only billionaire with sense, with sense enough to go. You know what? <laughs> We've got enough problems here that uh, yeah, yeah we'll well, focus and, on but who knows? Water and vaccines. Bill Gates is just going through. I don't know. I feel like what? What is it? Maybe because Bill Gates has been a billionaire for so long, he's like, look, I, I, space is just not my thing. Uh, hey. He's, he's got, well, for one thing, he is consumed with the project in Africa regarding vaccines yeah, and I, water. He's very busy injecting people with those barcodes, you know, that if you go into the Walmart and scan your so arm, let's you blow up. Let's rank like, okay, so let's just pick um, Bez, uh, Musk, Bezos, Buffett, Musk. Bronson. Bronson, that's five. And then um, who's the cat from Mexico? Um, 
Oh God, he's he's always up there with the richest billion. He's like a telecom guy from Mexico. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. What? Oh man. Well, whatever. I'm not going to look it up. But okay, let's What's rank. Your point? Let's rank like potential evil supervillain billionaires. Like, like who is the most altruistic billionaire? Um, out of those six. Well, let's let's take. Uh, I mean, Musk is if Musk fits the bill perfectly, even though I don't have anything against him, but just his persona. You could see him being a toy, just like Jesse Eisenberg and Batman versus Superman. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like comic book superhero villain. I feel yeah. like I, I'm, not, I'm not going to lie, bro. Like, I think I'm broing out right now. I think. Are you? I, yeah, I think Bezos actually is like the silent supervillain. Well, he looks like one. Yeah, sort of like the um, James Bond villain. Right. And I feel like Musk has like good intentions, but he's crazy. He's like the Joker. He's kind of like a cowboy where he does some bad stuff, but he's really trying to do the right thing. Then there's, uh, then there's, then there's. Bronson. He's just the happy go lucky guy. Uh, yeah. And then there's um, Gates is the least likely to be a yeah, thug to be. Well, what about Buffett? Well, he didn't count. He's 130. But I mean, well, I think I feel maybe like back in the day, he would have been the accountant, like the financier for the thugs. OK, fair enough. But then but then there's more like the Oracle, right? He's the Oracle of Omaha. So he's just sort of the, you know, go to there to advice for business. Financial. Right. Then there's Gates who's just trying to save the world and getting divorced yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the sad deal. Yeah. Well, I like it. Well, okay. So he, here we are. I think that that's good kind of bizarre, weird stuff because he, he did um, effectively offer to take, uh, effectively offer to buy Twitter for around $43 billion, which is above value. No, so it's, a, it's, a, it's above, no, it's Elon Musk. Above, um, certainly above what I think the current valuation of Twitter is. Um, and, and I mean, that's got to put the, the Twitter board and everyone just sort of trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Like I, we're I about to get a lot of cash, <laughs> right? But I, the way I think it was communicated was he wanted to take it private. And then the question is, what would he do with it? And I certainly think he is, a, he is certainly a visionary person, but the question is, what does he do? Does he open source? Does he make it open source and let the Twitter sort of followers like become what they make it, what they want it to be. Um, does he add little, I don't know that he trusts well, some I, of that. The, the idea is like, Hey, Twitter needs to be revamped. My question is, it does, but I don't think but, he but, trusts people. So my enough. question is what, what is, what needs to be revamped? I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like do, what makes it better? Like adding, that's edit, the thing. I, it's, like an that's edit the button? paradox. Like it is what it is. Like why, what are we right. trying to fix to make it better? We've got that's just it. It's it, this has been an issue for years in tech circles that that Twitter is kind of a it's a paradoxical situation because what made it big in the first place was its limitations was the fact that you couldn't go on protracted rants, etc. Or if you, you know, did, it, it got was ridiculous. Hmm? Or if you did, it got ridiculous because you're right. Well, I mean, you would have to go do like 20, 30 posts. Yeah, it kind of looked goofy. So I mean, Twitter's a different animal. That that would be to me. I don't know how you make Twitter different without it not being Twitter. I mean, you could, <clears throat> you could add an edit button. Like I think Reddit has that edit button where you can edit and maybe yeah, I think it just actually did away with it. it, but Reddit used to have, or if it does, um, like when you had to edit, if you did edit, you had to literally say edit semicolon or E semicolon right. or slash. And I wish I could join Reddit and then say what you did. You can, you just have to go. No, they they don't like my kind over there. Oh yeah, what kind are you? 
I'm I'm not a, a bleeding heart leftist, so I, I don't think that I'm very welcome. Oh, I I don't think you know what Reddit is. Um, <laughs> I, I I have a brother-in-law that shares a lot of it with me. Uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy reading it. I just don't dare open my mouth because I'll be you know just so ashamed of myself for existing uh, and not being bright enough to join the hard left. Oh uh, well, I again. Well, that's what Facebook's for then, or Parler, or Telegram. I'm not on any of it. Or actually, what is it? Truth. Oh wait, I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, and I'm on. Uh, I do post every now and then on Instagram. So yeah, yeah. well, you can. Now we have talked about this before. Um, an interesting kind of caveat here is that, or maybe an asterisk uh, 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 to Bravo, is that on a number of occasions, a out and out political um, social media network has been tried. Because, you know, Facebook can get political. Every one of them pretty much but LinkedIn. Like, LinkedIn is not really the platform for that. No, it can, oh, no, but, but it's getting not to the degree that Not to the degree that Facebook does, though. You can't. No, 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 no. For sure not. But it's, it's, LinkedIn, sort of, that'll cost you in your career. Um, it could. But it's it, it's it, getting there. It can. It can. It tends to be a little higher brow, at least. Yeah. On, I guess uh, there's more calling out. There's more calling out, of right? It, right. Where but it's you like, don't want to talk about. It. There's nowhere near as much of the get in the mud and let's both swallow grenades together type yeah. stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You voted for George McGovern and you killed Jesus. Like that kind of crap. Memes sharing back and forth. Now that, that right. stuff gets shut down, but you can, you can find it. And in, in a way, but I we think, talked about yeah. this though. An out and out political social media network, though that's what it starts as, has never worked. So it will be interesting to see if Truth Social uh, overcomes its uh, spectacularly underperforming. Uh, but with that, you and I have talked about this before, though, because we actually, it's kind of sad, as the Donald would say. We actually have the integration, the, the uh, infrastructure on our site right now to uh, launch our own, to allow our, like, within the site. It's actually there. But that wouldn't count to me because we're not trying to create a political social media network. It would just be a social media network. Yeah. And there's, there's plenty of those. Yeah. That's why we didn't do it. So what what do you remember? That's that's why we voted against it. We didn't need it. Yeah. What? uh, Nunez was out. Nunez. Um, he was out. The devinator. The devinator was out talking about Ooh. how spectacular that is the uh, former congressman from California know, Republican who, who thankfully left politics and is, but now, he got in a limo. He shouldn't have gotten in. Oh my God. I, I mean, are we hearing anything about truth social? I think he was on some, you know how many times Fox Trump's posted on it? Probably zero. Once. Once. Was it like the day of, I don't know. I didn't read it. So what's, what's the point is just to like, like, does it, is it a capital? generating thing is he it like really what? wants to be back on twitter and i think this is his kind of tantrum well fine i'll do my own but then not use it because there's nobody on it i mean do you think if well here's I, the thing. yeah you're right there's, if he, if they, he was back on want, twitter if he was back on twitter he would just be all over the place i imagine or is he look is he they, over they it? want there's nobody there are no worlds left i call it alexander the great complex here there's no they're weeping because there's no worlds left to quote conquer there's nobody to troll you're all just all that you want to chant is Trump, Trump, Trump. Well, that gets old real quick on a social media network where you all agree. So why is he not on Facebook though? Facebook is the like the dumpster fire of all dumpster fire social well, media it, networks. More than why that, is it? It's it's more uh, for the baby boomers seem to cling to it more anyway, which is why you figure. Why not? I know. Or is it I because you can't because you can't troll as hard? 
you can't. And I think he liked the fact. I mean, he called himself the Ernest Hemingway of Twitter, which he was quite adept which, at getting his point across. Yeah, which I guess, I guess, in a way, Facebook. You need there's like groups, and it's it's not as like out there as Twitter. It, it's not quite as is. wild west in terms of presentation. Sure, sure, I get that. I get that. I, I, and the Donald is, is an agent of chaos, and so he reveled in, in that. So, which begs to, the question again: What about Twitter needs to be enhanced? Like I get, I get maybe we're like from a 30,000 of a view, Elon Musk is like, Hey, you know, we could open source this. We could let it, give it back to the people, let them, you know, but again, what, what, (laughs) as much as I'm like for the people in terms of like a social media platform and the viability and the like legitimacy of a platform, I'm not saying that Twitter, Twitter is a medium. I mean, it's a medium by which world leaders put out information, but then you know, the other half of it's a dumpster fire of people yelling at each other. And, and there's I don't this know whole, how you revamp it. I just don't know, like, what are you're going to do that makes it, like, a value add? Um, to me. Or, like, revolutionize like, the world? Because it really is the first kind of one of those things that did revolutionize the social media-esque landscape. So well, like, it definitely did. Twitter's place is, is, is definitely secure. Their place in the greater, in the long run. It's, yeah, pantheon of national archives right. and like all that. Yeah, it's, I agree. Right. I mean, it is like somebody released a book of, it was up until somewhere before the election, but it was a book of nothing but president Trump's tweets just from the time he won or sworn in. Like, so mm-hmm. they, I guess, kicked him off of Twitter. I thought, well, that'd be an interesting point. I mean, it's place is secure, but it kind of reminds me of this small town here in the Gulf South that, um, sake of a couple of friends I have from there, like I say the name of the town, but both the mayor and the chief of police got convicted of not only drug trafficking, but using their office for the same. And so I'm thinking for the new mayor and the new chief of police that are aspiring to this lofty glittering office, what do you say to folks, the town folk? Hey, I promise you, I will not use my office for to foster the, the trade of illicit narcotics. You know, how do you revamp that situation? You know, it's, what well, do you do? Yeah, so your question is, how do you create, uh, like, genuine transparency, right? Because anyone can say they're transparent, but right. how do you, how do you, well, uh, it sucks. It's a hard place to come from, right? I mean, it's like, right. I think of, like, as a manager, right, going from, um, and I, and for anyone that's listening, like I, I have not really experienced this in, but in the military, right? Let's say, um, show us on the doll where the Donald touched you. <laughs> uh, I think of the military where you have like cyclical leadership and you can have, um, you can get caught in a cycle where you have poor leadership and then you have new leadership that comes in and says, look, I'm gonna, I'm going to do all these things. For, like, you lose you know, faith. And, you lose and faith. <clears throat> I think ultimately people are like, well, you know, we'll see. you're full of crap. We'll see. But I mean, and the flip side of that, like the, those guys down there that um, were using their office to traffic drugs or all that stuff, like maybe, maybe it wasn't super apparent um, that they were doing that. Maybe they were doing a good job governing, but they were doing this. But I, I, I have a hard time believing that anyone, point, anyone that is truly um, spending most of their time trafficking drugs and stuff like that is probably not spending time on the things they should. So I think just by showing up, being present and, and uh, doing the right thing that, but it would just take a long time. Let me put it to you this way. 
amongst the 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 decline and fall, the retail apocalypse, you know, the the death of small town America, this town in the Gulf South is on the lower end of those dying small towns. Just like Pascrishan. So this like is like Slidell the coup de gras. Or like this was like the this was the coup de gras. Okay. This was like there's nothing going on. Like all twelve to fourteen buildings in downtown. I think there's a, a one or there's a gas station, a barber shop, and then the rest of them sadly have. You can see they used to be stores, but there's just like glass and nothing behind them. It's over. Wow, I'm not going to talk bad about Pascrishan. That that's definitely not. That's definitely this. Not. Well, this is this is a smaller area than that. Because oh, you know, a huge. Uh, the Gulf Coast is the biggest population-wise. Uh, Gulfport and all that. It's part of the biggest area in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Good people. Gulfport, Biloxi. It's like half a million people on the coast. Anyway, I see your point. They um, all think they're from New Orleans. Yeah, but you get out towards Gulfport. They're they're yeah, Gulf, they, they're Gulfport people. They're not. They're not. They're not New Orleans. You know, it used to be. Uh, it used to be called Mississippi City. Really. True story. What happened? With with that though, <laughs> uh, the other side of the social media deal that we uh we didn't touch on, but it was a bit of a bizarre, uh, and it has to do with Twitter actually, is uh, recently CNN broke a story to, um, about these anonymous Twitter users for obvious reasons they oh, would yeah. be, um, who they have now we presume they're anonymous, but we presume that mo- the majority of them are in fact Chinese because Mandarin is not a a widely known language outside of China. Um, but what they've been doing is doing screenshots of social media uh, proprietary to China, platforms that I, I presume are not available widely everywhere or and or, or primarily used by them. But it's of celebrities, influencers, uh, people, that, members of the party, which there's only one party that rules. Um, they've been taking screenshots of posts that suggest that sentiment, pro-Russian sentiment, is actually quite prolific amongst the higher elements of Chinese society. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been criticism delivered that it was cherry-picking, but again, they say from the beginning, all we're trying to do is show that these famous people, etc., that there's this pro-Russian sentiment. And the, the thing to me that suggests, and you, you said, I disagree in part, and we'll elaborate on the podcast, sure. so here's your opportunity to do that, but... The reason I said I felt like they're telling the truth, these anonymous posters writ large, is because of the reaction of the People's Ruling Party and the, the Chinese press was just outrage of your cherry picking. How could you? And my, I'm thinking, well, if you're innocent, you don't protest too much. And you said you had a bit of a disagreement. Well, <clears throat> so it's not that I, I don't agree. With oh, I, yes, that's I, what I do agree with you. I do agree that there is a. Uh, Something so, rotten so, so, in Denmark. So yeah. So to step back one more time before we before we drive on. So the story you're talking about is, um, well, and to really step a, a little further back. So I'm just messing with you. No, no, for sure. But like geopolitically, right now, China has not really taken a huge stance, um, against Russia or pro Ukraine. They're sort of taking this like weird neutral. The Far East, Switzerland. Yeah. Well, sort of. <laughs> they they certainly well that's what they've tried to be. Yeah, that's what they I, I would want to I would believe. say that India certainly has taken a a little bit more of like a pro Russia stance, but not necessarily because they support the atrocities, but because there there's a, a there's a economic benefit that they they gain from well, from Russia. And, so they've been a and little bit more Russia and China historically have hated one another. Yeah, and so when and so there if anyone is following geopolitics, I think 
uh, again, there's definitely a difference between India and China. China's taking a little bit more of a neutral stance. However, they certainly aren't taking a a uh, a hard stance on any of the atrocities that that are becoming more evident in Ukraine. So, mm-hmm. so really, it's you've got a, a, a number of people in the world that are like China. You should probably take a harder stance on this, or or just like, hey, look, don't support Russia. And and uh, I believe they are though. You think they are supporting Russia? I believe I believe they are through it's, uh, probably through cryptocurrency. Um, or, or just, I mean, you you can't catch everything, so it could be through. I mean, look, there's been it could be through hard cash. It could be because the we ruble, did that with the, Iran. The, we got the, caught doing it. Remember, the ruble actually has done a good job of staying fairly relevant as a currency. Um, <clears throat> I'm not saying it's that this, default. I, I'm not however saying, on they, they a big did. debt payment. They did. That's not surprising, but I guess for like the currency itself, the fiat currency itself actually hasn't been as destructive. I think the idea of these sanctions was, you know, obviously there was the twofold, like, hey, look, let's see if we can put the pressure on the oligarchs to to crumble and and turn against Putin. That hasn't necessarily been evident. And then the other piece would be, let's make the populace, general populace, turn against the oligarchs and Putin. And that clearly hasn't been very evident because no, we've seen thousands of arrests, but the majority of the country is clearly not behind it. No, because again, I don't think, I mean, it certainly hasn't been great for them, but it, I mean, that's all relative to the Ukrainians who are just like suffering. Right. They, the things haven't been great, but, but he successfully has convinced the majority of the people Vladimir Putin has to not blame him. That's the key. That's all that matters. That's the only stat that matters is the Russian people apparently as a majority do not blame him. So when, again, you could, there's a probably uh, many reasons for that. Um, I, I would say it's not necessarily just like personal, personally wanting to be ignorant. I think it, it has to do a lot with propaganda. But here, insert China, um, who has a huge role that they could potentially play here. And and so to your point, here we are. Twitter again. Um, there's these anonymous groups that are exposing sort of this pro-Russian propaganda. They're translating these Mandarin tweets. Um, not only to, to to folks in China, but to the world to show that hey, right look, to the world. <clears throat> hey, like look, there's, they're saying that that Ukraine has engaged in a number of false uh, flag or attacks, or it's fake news kind of thing. Right, but, they're but, saying if it is real that they're doing it, but otherwise, this is all stuff they've stolen from multimedia on the internet. Yeah. So now enter where you say, well, look, I think that if they're the 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 Chinese or the CP, CCP Chinese Communist Party is a little outraged like about a, a little outraged by this. Hey, look, you guys stop. This isn't this is you you're generalizing. Um I I mean, look. I don't know. I don't speak Mandarin. Oh, I don't I have any proof. I but just, but, but no, God. I mean the, the conversation is is exactly that. It's like, "Hey, look, is is this I mean, I don't I this is not about the Chinese people. I'm talking about the state when I say this. Yeah. I don't so, trust the Chinese. I don't trust the well, Chinese. No, I, I don't I don't either. And I, I remember in and Vincast. I think India presents a far more friendly actor than we realize. They're a far more friendly actor India is, in my mind, than China. I think there's opportunity to uh, partic- to, to drive a wedge, particularly in that area between them and China and Russia. I think, I think India presents a foreign policy opportunity for us. And I, I, I agree. I think it's it's weird the stance that India has 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 taken with Russia, but I think it's sort of this situation where they really don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not again. Again, well, it's not, not like my, not troops. My, yeah, not my area of expertise. However, it's not my my like concentration in the world. However, I it's think not. that I think that 
Russia, or I mean, I, I think India certainly, I mean, it's pretty national, pretty nationalistic at the moment with Modi and all that. Um, but, but it certainly leans far more democratic than China does. And I think China by virtue no, of that's, that's <clears throat> understatement of the year. I mean, I think, they actually do have elections in India. Yeah. I was going to say, and I think China, um, by virtue of not being democratic has the ability to be more forward looking in terms of their pace at which they do things. Right. So if you've got one ruling party that makes all of the calls, you can be more patient about the moves you're making. Whereas a place like India, a place like the U S a place yeah, like where, where you need to maintain France, power. Yeah. France, you need to maintain power and the likelihood of your party maintaining power uh, in the majority over a long period of time is, is slim. I mean, the balance well, they, is they can paradoxically, even though they, they basically are one big bureaucracy, they, it's our bureaucracy that actually hamstrings us in a lot of ways from being as efficient. It's as basic as you play the game civilization. You want low crime. You're having a problem with that. We switch to communism. Yeah. we got a trial for you. Trial by, uh, we call it John Lennon syndrome over here. Yeah. So crime, no crime's real low. Cause uh, they'll just kill you. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it carries the death penalty to traffic drugs and, and illicit narcotics in China. There's actually at the airport, big signs of multiple languages saying in the airports that trafficking substances uh, carries with it a penalty of death, which is pretty severe. Which is funny because that's where all the fentanyl is coming from. Uh, well, they're in New Orleans. So, so to your point, well, in China and, and New Orleans, I'm trying to remember like what opposing point I was supposed to take with you on this. Um, but, well, you, but I think, but I think oh, the, yeah, the, point, the point was it was like China was either being disingenuous and being like, hey guys, stop, um, or, or, but again, there's enough nut jobs here in the U.S. I mean, Fox News is inherently pro. I mean, the late night news hosts is almost like inherently more pro Putin than. So, like, there's there's nut jobs everywhere. Right. I, that doesn't that doesn't move the ball any on China is the thing. Well, I mean, but my point is, it's like, well, you could have those equal nut jobs in China. That's a celebrity that's tweeting out some well, BS in Mandarin. And the CCP is like, hey, guys, come on. This is, this is just this is, a, this is this lone person that's making their, their opinion that's misinformed. Right. But my that, guess is that, it's probably – That doesn't hold water. I don't – I agree with you. I don't – I think, I think yeah, everyone's like, oh, wow, you guys are really outraged about um, – Right. Yeah, okay. No, it doesn't hold, it doesn't hold water because we're not talking about – a handful of people here we're talking about affluent people in china it would be like if people from sean penn to professors at the university of michigan to state reps here were all echoing this same sentiment you know if it was well, so all it, yeah so isn't the isn't the kind of nuance and they here, can't though? say anything yeah. in public that the state you know as well as i do oh, they can't sure. say anything in public that the state doesn't agree with for sure so isn't the nuance here though that um that the reason that like obviously not the most people aren't going to be well i mean a good portion of the world can read mandarin relatively from percentage wise but isn't well, yeah, is it outside of china well, exactly but, but isn't the isn't the key factor here though that the the tweets that are being um translated it's it's actually interesting because most people don't have access 
to that information. Like, you know what I mean? Like Donald Trump, President Trump's, former President Trump's Twitter can be read anywhere in the world. Let's just say. Hypothetically. They, they haven't deleted it? Well, I mean, just former tweet or like at the time you can no, read I mean, his tweet. Can you, is it still there? Well, okay, let's just say rewind to. No, I was just curious. Yeah, I don't know. But let's say rewind three, four years ago. Uh, right. You'd get a Trump tweet. Uh, and you could read that anywhere in the world, but to my is it is it am I right to say that um, we can't access not it? every tweet that comes out of China on their like internet servers is something that we can just go like look up. I don't know. So so the point is that these guys are going in. So these guys are you know maybe they're in China, maybe they have access to the servers in China. The, the we don't know, and it's best that the world doesn't know for their sake. Well, for their sake, exactly. So anyway, I think it's interesting to see. And I, look, I mean, I, I, the one thing I took away from that entire story is that it, it, it's, it's crazy when you are seeing, and in some cases, people I know in the Ukraine, like these things are really happening. It's, it's actually happening. Um, but that every country in the world has some sort of faction of people that believe that this is all bullshit. And and it's just it it every time we have events like these, um, and certainly we've had a lot of crazy events over the last two decades, that there's always going to be a faction of people that just don't see the you know the forest for the trees. They don't, or maybe that's not the right way to describe it, but the, like objective facts that are going on. There's always some conspiracy. There's always right. Um, and, Sometimes and, there's and no there there. Exactly, and and I guess maybe from a geopolitical spec perspective or at like a high level, there's some efficacy to that if you're trying to push an agenda forward but for the average american or the average world citizen what 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 benefit do you have to take the contrarian view or like what is that mindset uh that says like hey uh no actually the ukraine's full like, of like shit. hitler was an okay guy yeah like the tennessee um a state legislature uh the, the elected official who actually um, made the equivalency that uh, to homeless people. Well, it wasn't the equivalency. It was actually um, in, in a talk about, well, you know, the tennis, the Tennessee state legislature is uh, apparently very um, empathetic, but their, their move is to make camping on public property for the homeless to be a crime, a felony, uh, very empathetic. It's great, great work they're doing there. Um, yeah. And uh, so he, he made the point um, that Hitler was once homeless and that's where he learned his orating, orating skills. Oh my and, God. Um, and that if Hitler could, of course, pull himself up by his bootstraps, the homeless can do just the same. You know, uh, it's physically impossible to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Um, it was actually a tongue-in-cheek expression. So... Um, I'm on, I don't know how you say this, if it's Weibo or Weibo. I think it's Weibo. Uh, I'm, I'm on it right now that got somewhat of a translation but clearly uh not necessarily the best work available but that one's accessible um so there's that so um i mean there's i mean there's stuff in china you can you can dragon social if i if i'm not if i'm not um uh if i'm correct i think you actually can you know use alibaba which is like the amazon it's like yeah of, i was gonna say <clears throat> i don't know why you would because of the shipping but <laughs> Well, I mean, we get everything from China anyway, so. Uh, 
So yeah, and, that's and, one, that's so one yeah, thing. That's, uh, I just I just want to clarify. So it was it was um, it was Frank Nicely, Republican State Senator Frank Nicely from Tennessee, uh, and uh, just so I just so I give him credit and make sure that I don't misquote him. Uh, the full quote is: "I want to give you a little history lesson on homelessness." In oh. 1910, Hitler decided to live on the streets for a while. So for two years, Hitler lived on the streets. And he practiced his oratory and his body language and how to connect with the masses. And then went on to lead a life that got him in the history books. So a lot of these people, it's not a dead end. They can come out of these homeless camps and have a productive life. Or in Hitler's case, a very unproductive life. I support this bill. Again, the bill, the bill, by the way, is to criminalize homelessness or it's not the only place that's happened, by the way. So, anyway, I do want to I do want to make sure um, that uh, we we do bring up the fact that he did say that Hitler, you know, did have an unproductive life. However, he needed. He well, he needed, was wrong about that. Hitler was actually very productive, just not at what we wish he'd been productive at. Uh, I wish he had not flunked out of art school. Um, but in Tennessee's, it, not defense, but in a backhanded way, I suppose. So they're not the only place that's uh, criminalized homelessness. But it's always cracked me up when people pass laws against, say, vagrancy or and or homelessness. It's like, here, you suck at life? Well, here's your fine and or trip to jail. You know, it's 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 like you talk about <laughs> kicking people while they're down. I mean, I, I don't understand the, the mentality there, but. Yeah, it's Republicans, man. Anyway, um, empathetic people. Uh so yeah, I, I don't know how you quantify the mayor of New York then, but then again, it is racist to criticize a black politician. So I guess you're not going to do that. Not uh, not with me, my friend. So not today because a politician, not with any sane person. But a, yeah, I, a politician's anyway. a politician's a politician. Exactly. Anyway, so, well, hey, look, we actually been talking for a while, and there's there's actually something I want to talk about that I think. Um, is, well, you haven't wanted to talk about any of this. What what what, what, what the hell have we been doing? <laughs> this has been all bullshit. So no, um. No, because I, I think there is something that's coming up in the next two weeks that, I don't know, I feel like it will set a tone. Um, or at least if it doesn't set a tone, it certainly gives, it's like a sniff test for where we stand. And that is the French election. And Indeed. given the fact that we have always talked about France here, um, as France is one of our oldest our first uh, and dearest ally. and first allies. Vive la France. Merci. Vive la France. One of my most favorite places in the world is would be Biarritz or uh, Saint Emilion in Bordeaux. I want to go to Lyon. <sighs> it's beautiful, beautiful. But anyway, um, it, that's where I'm applying for a second my dual citizenship. Good, good for you. If I could, I would. Uh, but you, I, uh, that's right. You got that felony over in Western Europe. Oh, do I? That's why you can't go. Oh, man, I wish you had brought kidding. that up. No, nah, you were the way. Yeah, you should have known about that before you went over there. I know. Uh, yeah, so we got uh, what uh, the incumbent, Manuel Macron. Yep. And we started out so near the left and now is almost center right. It's funny how. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. Off against Marine Le Pen. Actually, I felt, I, I felt like um, Le Pen was actually almost going to be irrelevant. Um, what's his That's face? That's what it felt like for a little while. Yeah, extra racist guy or extra, uh, not racist, but extra um, nationalistic dude that we don't know his name and it doesn't matter anymore. Um, Zamos or something like that? Yeah, something like that. He's actually, he's actually like North African. 
by yeah. descent, which was like super he's like, weird. And he's Jewish. He's like 192 years old. He's Jewish too. It was just like really weird to hear someone be. Well, like, there's Jewish nationalists. I no, I, I, there's there's nationalist everything, but it was just like a weird like to hear someone yeah. who's like North African. Jewish to be railing against immigrants and being super uh, nationalist. You're just like, what hey, is going on here? Holy crap. Le Pen uh, has res- resurrected herself. It's really she, impressive. Did. she did because you know what? It, only because he was boring. He was like, well, a little more than that, a little more well, nuanced than that. His, his response to the, the yellow best movement that, that was questioned. Um, the move of raising the retirement age was, has been panned in some sectors and, you know, she's doing far better outside of the metropoli in, in France. And so he's well, because she was focusing. She's been hard on the social issues, right? Yes. And no, she's really sanitized herself and focused on um, the more the mainstream in, towards, in terms of spending. And yes, pro pro France by all means, mm-hmm. you know, first. But she's. I don't know. I I wouldn't necessarily pencil down a Macron win just yet. Now, with that, what let's say for a second, I think he's gonna win. However, let, it ain't it ain't over till it's over. Obviously, mm-hmm. what does it, it, if Marine Le Pen wins? If Le Pen wins, what do you think? What, what do you think that means for the world order? Because France is a France is, I believe, very much desiring a return to more greater degree of prominence on the world stage that's obvious um and they're putting their money where their mouth is in terms of uh, military spending and, and revamping themselves what do you think that means <sighs> to end with the campaign dialogue is she fit into that mold of hey i'm gonna come forward towards the center now well, what do you think I mean, it's interesting i mean obviously there's a, a coal i mean it's not just Marine Le Pen, just like well, it's not well, just right, but Macron, she would be but, at the fore of it, the face yeah, of it. I, I think, I mean, I think you get, I, I think you get a kind of like or hungry Orban. I mean, you're, you're more likely with someone like her to get more of a hungry esque, um, like model. So? Yeah. Considering her father, you know, her father didn't even endorse her, he endorsed the, whole, the guy you were talking about. Well, I was going to say, I was thinking of the last president, presidential election, but I, I mean, she certainly has come a little further center because she had to. But you think guy. he fits? You think she drifts more towards Putin then? Well, I and mean, she's trying to actually distance herself from it. But I think when she what gets I mean. in, when, she doesn't even know what she's going to do when she gets in office because she's never been there, right? And then you have to deal with all these. Um, you don't think she has a she has a strategy? She doesn't have anything, any idea? Well, I think she has a strategy. Again, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I imagine that. I mean, she's she's running on a very populist, nationalist ticket or like agenda ideals. So I do think there's similarities you see in the U.S. There's a crackdown in immigration. There's a very pro France. I mean, who knows? You could see a push to leave the European Union, sort of following in Britain's um, footsteps. Which I you think, think most, she, you think they would you think she would do that? Yeah, a Frexit. <laughs> you, you think they would push for that? I mean, it would fit her mold, right? Why? Why not? Um, obviously, you'd have to have a ref. I, I guess that's the way politics work in France that you have to have right. a referendum on it. Um, yeah, they would have to. But I, I do see that there would be momentum behind that. I think, um, again, a lot of 
interesting social issues that France has that, I mean, there's a lot of similarities to the U S but there, it is a far more secular socialist. Um, I was about to say that's become somewhat an issue there again, but I mean, you say that it's, they strike a balance, what they call the Le Cité, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh, it's L A I C E T E. And it's a reference. It's a term that we don't have a term for it in English, but it basically talks about their, proverbial straddling of the fence when it comes to like and i'm just using catholicism as an example it's open to any and all religions but we're equally catholic and equally french it's, it's very i can't quite explain it because as i've read i was actually looking one not too long ago um because it's an issue there but looking at several articles where they acknowledge they can't quite explain it themselves themselves it's almost ineffable um, there has been a resurgence in the Catholic Church in the past decade, uh, specifically, and so it's kind of raised that issue to the fore again. As it, and it's interesting because the resurgence in the Catholic Church has converged at the same time with this interest in uh, France first. So it's it's I don't know it's interesting observation that the race I don't know how much it will change, but you know it's a lot I, closer. I, I'm sure, Macron and allies would prefer it be. Yeah, I imagine that under her leadership you would just see a departure from what i think europe needs more than anything at the moment and that is um the sort of unity right and and i'm i'm look i'm not here to discount the fact that there's bureaucracy and arist like <clears throat> all sorts of red tape and bs that goes on with the eu and brussels like right. I, I get it um but I think what you see today with Russia, the incursion in Ukraine, Finland, Sweden now taking a different stance on on their uh, initiation into NATO. Europe needs unity. And look, do you think that's saber rattling, or you think uh, Finland and Sweden mean it? I mean, I mean there's so I mean, much. There's why so would much you psych- saber? Why would you saber rattle? I mean, like, what? What is well, it? There's what so is much it? psychological warfare here going on on yeah, all sides. What, there's what, so much. But I think, I think a, a, it's a threat Finland, to Russia. Finland, that's why. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think you don't make that move or that you. I don't think you open that conversation up unless you seriously mean it, because there is no benefit. I mean, like, Ukraine because all you're doing is Ukraine's done it for years, though. Yeah, look what it got them. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. I mean, it's not unheard so, of for them so, to do that. So because Russia is in such a position that, they, I mean, they literally have not invaded all of Ukraine. They have not done what they wanted to do. They're going to have to make some concessions somewhere or they're going to get really nasty. And and there's there's really just going to have land. That's all they're going to have, right? So Finland, and or at least the, the Scandinavian countries and some of the Baltic countries that aren't in the EU yet, or NATO, rather, we'll just talk about NATO, um, I think that this isn't saber rattling. I think they're really, hey, look, we're going to make a bid for this. We're going to say it and we're going to do it. Which um, one? Like Finland, for example. You think they're actually yes. want to join? Yes, I think so. NATO. Because it's crazy that Russia would invade Ukraine. What I mean, it is so unhinged that what is stopping Russia from invading Finland? I mean, if, if anything, there's, we talk about landmass, like Sweden's not there to back up Finland. They're in no pact. They're in no, they're just Scandinavian countries. So that why risk 
look, well, and they haven't taken so look, defense seriously because look, of, they've benefited from the NATO bubble. So listen, or, I mean, if you got to think about it, think about it, right? Like Russia has not done anything to any NATO country. Absolutely. I mean, the closest they did was like throw off missiles within like 25 miles of the border of Poland. And that hasn't happened since. So, right. so there is NATO protection. And, and if that means Finland needs to reappropriate some of their budget to spend towards NATO and then get the true bubble of NATO, what do they have to lose, man? I mean, it's, it makes sense. And maybe Sweden doesn't actually push the NATO option because they realize there's no way that Russia would do anything with Sweden um, because, if that's what I said, Sweden uh, doesn't need to actually make that push because they would be nicely sandwiched in between um, Europe that they don't need to. But Finland certainly, I think, uh, has a uh, should prioritize NATO because they literally are on the border with Russia. And I think Russia's not in a position to really make a huge stink about that. Now they have, as of today, I think it was, they said that um, there would be uh, uh, consequences to that. Well, Uh everyone has to ask, well, what consequences you already have nuclear submarines in, in, in the seas round the, the Scandinavian States. There is that weird little territory like between um, Poland in the Baltic states in Scandinavia, it's like this weird territory that's not connected to Russia, but it is Russian controlled. It's like Kaliningrad or something like that is one of the cities in there. Um, that I guess scientists in 2018 actually, um, international scientists actually made a theorized that there was a fairly advanced underground nuclear arsenal there. Where? Um, so it's, if you, if Everyone can just do an exercise. If you just go to Google Maps and you type in Europe. Uh, I'm not doing it. Okay, that's fine. I'll do it for you. That's uh, fine. <clears throat> so you type in Europe and you scroll up towards Poland. And there is a, it's right between Poland and Lithuania. Uh, so there's Latvia to the north, Estonia way to the north. Uh, and then Finland across the Baltic what Sea. What is the name of this place? It is, I mean, it's, it's, it's Russia. Um, it, it, it is. No, the small strip of land. I thought it had a, the state had a specific name. Well, there's a city there. And it's What's Col- it Colin, uh, uh, Kaliningrad. Kaliningrad. And it is, so K-A-L-I-N-I-N-G-R-A-D. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Largest so city and administrative center of Kaliningrad Oblast. So. And, and so I guess there's, uh, and so there's just randomly Russian controlled, uh, uh-huh. but it's not connected to Russia, but it's on the Baltic sea. And, uh, scientists theorize that there's actually a fairly, um, modernized, uh, uh, a nuclear arsenal there. And, and I mean, it's, everything's pointed. They speculate that. Well, I mean, when they speculate, Do they know that I'm just they, asking, I would imagine they're pretty sure. <laughs> uh, and strategically, why mm-hmm. would why would Russia not have? I'm just that? curious. I mean, it's 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 uniquely situated, uh, right in uh, NATO territory, and and it would be the prime spot to have that. So my point is, like, it's all there. So, I guess Russia can bark about Finland embarking on this NATO alliance, but what would they actually do? What would the consequences actually be? Use harsh language. 
Yes. So, um, I mean, what, I don't know. We, we promise consequence. I don't know. I, it always sounds to me like somebody, it sounds to me like one of those, it reminds me of one of those parents that they, they count. I always love it when parents will count. So it's like, Oh great. So I have five more seconds to be rebellious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what it sounds like to me with I, I'm going to be really upset with you in, in five seconds. It, yeah. Looks, three, looks fun, uh, three, three, two, one, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Count to three. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think, you, I think you got to trick them. You got to mix it up. You got to say, all right, yeah. one, and they think you count to three. Well, when you get to two, I mean, you just, <laughs> but now. Yeah. But I, I think, I think, I think NATO's. Or, I, mean, I, I think, I, I think Russia, Finland, not the yeah. child. Yeah, of course. I think Finland's probably pretty genuine about it. I think, I think. What about Sweden? Um, I think. I don't know about them. I don't think I don't know about them as much, but I think they're not geographically situated in a way that Finland is. But I think right. I don't think they're anywhere near the the, the prize in yeah, terms of military think, infrastructure either. No, I think Sweden might fall the way of Finland, if you know what I mean. Like I think if Finland oh, I does it, I will see. I mean, obviously, I'm kidding. Obviously, I think that there is more power in 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 unity. Um, I don't know that Marine Le Pen in France. Um, I said, I don't think that someone like Marine Marie Le Pen in France, like promotes more of that unity that I think is so necessary in Europe right now. Um, but it it would be interesting to see how much she has moderated. I I think for one thing, things have changed. Circumstances are different. I don't know that it would be an effective puzzle for her taking office to now go, Hey, in the midst of all this. I, I agree with you on that. I think I don't know how well that would float. I mean, she is a yeah. politician. In I, a, in a, although, I think she could go hard in the paint on domestic issues, but like internationally, uh, I don't know that there's palatability with taking uh, a, I, I guess, like a Trump approach to Putin, where they're best buddies, and I know him just as much as you, Sean Hannity. Blah blah blah. That's that's mm-hmm. strange. Uh, that, that that's, is right. that's super weird. I mean, Donald Trump has this affinity. We were talking about this in precast. Like, dude, this guy has an affinity to just assholes. That's a, that's I don't, bad dude, friends. It, like, just like the assholes. They're not assholes. nice. They're, they're not nice. I mean, I just rattle off names like Paul Manafort, Corey Lewandowski. Okay, I, you know, Hope Hicks yeah, was all Rudy right. Giuliani. I, don't know I mean, like Hope all these guys like wasn't. Hope Hicks apparently wasn't that bad. Giuliani, I mean, he ruined him. That's the I man know, that I got. I, 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 I love throw it. that one in there. There's far worse. Well, Stephen Stephen Miller it, is a thousand times worse than Rudy Giuliani. It's true though. But every you know, Giuliani, Miller, Lewandowski, uh, I don't remember the name. Paul Manafort. You got all these folks, and then look at look at what happens when you you pay homage when when there's fealty to Trump. The one senator that endorsed him becomes AG and rather than just firing him, he rakes him across the coals for the better part of half a decade. Well, and, and let me clarify when I mean the people that Trump, I mean, I Trump just his inner yeah, orbit. So, so Trump ruined Giuliani, it, but, but his affinity, Trump's affinity is to like the Saudis and to Erdogan to, of uh, to, Turkey to, to, to Erdogan to, um, yeah, sorry. Erdogan. To, yeah. To, um, that uh, guy in Brazil. What's his name? Uh, well, I was thinking of North Korea and well, no, but still, he's Bolsonaro a too, uh, and to from from Brazil and Bolsonaro and the uh, Philippines. Yep, the guy Duarte, that was shooting drugs. Let's, let's just extra, kill drug extra, dealers. Extrajudicial murders with Duarte, and yeah, all yeah, they, these they guys, sit out. 
they send out death squads to kill drug dealers. It's like, and they, it's like they hint, it's the exact opposite over here. They're out there, you know, you normally think it'd be thugs that are firing weapons during drug duels and killing people. It's, it's the cops in the Philippines. Uh, yeah. Well, in some cases you're in the U S. Well, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was so, talking about the Philippines. I know. Well, but, uh, but give us the point. I mean, what is the affinity to that? And, and, if you just take a step back to losers, that, but I don't, I don't think Marine Le Pen. And again, I'm not losers. a French expert, political French expert, but I don't see her I, in that same vein. No, I don't either, but I do see her doing um, damage to people that don't necessarily aren't really asking for it. It's more scapegoating. I think that's the type of person Marine Le Pen is, is she'll find right. someone to scapegoat. Um, and, and just like her dad did. And just like, Trump does just like a lot of these guys do, but Trump's affiliation to like just, just authoritarian leaders and thugs is just, it's, it's astounding. It's crazy. Uh, and, and, and again, I don't know that Marie Le Pen will be that same thing, but I don't think she does France the service that Macron could, um, even, um, what's his face that uh, preceded Macron, um, who actually, I think had some corruption issues. It was a Chirac. It was uh, Francois Hollande. Was it Hollande or was it uh, Scar- Scar- um, uh, Sarkozy? Yeah. Nicolas Sarkozy was uh, during the Bush administration, and uh, Francois Hollande came after. Oh yeah, okay, but but Sarkozy it... is uh, also facing prison, I believe. I was gonna say he had some corrupt, but but again, I don't think he was necessarily like a nationalist. He was a right winger, but he wasn't. It's not like he was been cleaning out the suburbs and uh, you know, putting he, people. It wasn't like an affinity to like dictators. So no, he's just corrupt, apparently. Yeah. So, I mean, a little bit like Benjamin Netanyahu. Dad! I know. So all yeah, these, these guys I like are, old Benny, baby. I like old Benny. Are, these guys are all great. So, well, hey, look, man, we're, we're at an hour and ten. And, uh, yeah, we're about for, to turn into a pumpkin. For, we got to go. For bandwidth and, and all that stuff. Um, I certainly appreciate it. But, uh, hey, look, great conversation. Very different from our precast. Sometimes this happens where uh, precast is one thing and then the, the conversation's another, but I think we hit most of the topics. So yeah, sometimes, sometimes we, we, we go in the same veins. We just kind of went out of order as all it was, but I mean, Hey, it all came out in the wash. So and as always, it was a treat to be here with you. Uh, oh, hey, it's just uh, amazing. Indeed. indeed. Well, Hey, until next time. Au revoir. We'll see ya. Hey, what are you doing?